Maybe. sitting really still jeff yep okay <laughs> i haven't disconnected yet you what i haven't disconnected yet it looked like you did and yeah, i think you did that on purpose <laughs> all right we're live <clears throat> Sweet. Well, welcome to Three Dudes, One Movie. I'm Tyler. <clears throat> I'm Dylan. Where we are three different generations of people who love movies. Uh, each podcast, we're we're going to choose a different movie and go over and dissect it. Unless you know it's a movie series, then we'll more than likely bunch of a lot of it together. Um, these are all our opinions, so you know, take them as you wish. Uh, this week we are uh, reviewing Dune 2021. Uh, just came out, what, three weeks ago now, I believe? Two and a half, three weeks ago? It's been a while. Yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been a little bit. <clears throat> so we, we all, you know, took a look at it. We all love movies, and, you know, might as well start off with a big bang and something that starts off brand new. <clears throat> so uh, you want to come over with a uh, uh, quick little summary real quick? Well, Dune uh, is a story about a family um, in the far, far future uh, and their trials and tribulations uh, between uh, political machinations of, you know, the, uh, the rest of the government and the hardships that they undergo uh, when they move from uh, their home planet uh, to uh, Arrakis, which is Dune. Uh, this of the book series by uh, Frank Herbert. <clears throat> I like it. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, uh, what is it? It's kind of like uh, uh, save the spice, save the universe. You know, little heroes, uh, save the cheerleader, save the world type deal. <laughs> In the uh, universe he created, uh, the spice melange is the most valuable and important substance in the universe it mm-hmm. is people to travel uh vast different uh, distances in space with uh very little need for 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 crafts and it just allows them to fold space which is basically like you take a piece of paper from one end to the other and you just fold it together and that's what they're doing uh to travel those distances let you do that i'm so i i know dylan's thinking the same thing i am so glad they didn't use space job with the hut oh the space fantasy yeah they did not use it between the the first movie uh that we saw in 84 and this one that we got uh um necessary to advance the plot a whole lot uh, they're still mutated, but not nearly to the extent of that. And we didn't actually get to see them uh, in a mutated state um, in this one, and that's okay by me. Yeah, I think that's going to show up in the in the next one. I th- I really think it might. There's they have a lot of ground to cover still in the book. Um, oh yeah, and- yeah. We'll, we'll we'll definitely get there. We'll we'll get let's let's hold off on that for a quick second. That that was my fault. Yeah, we'll get there. Um. So pretty much, uh, Jeff, Jeff. What did you think about for the first five minutes? What 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 came to mind? They didn't have they didn't involve you in this huge monologue backstory. Um, didn't let the story tell itself. They didn't spoon feed you a whole lot. Um, good and bad when it comes to the storytelling aspect of it. Um, letting the characters tell the story instead of you know an off-screen narrator tell you the story. Uh, is a little bit better for a visual medium, um, so I was I was glad at that. There's things that they left out, but I don't know if that's because I'm, you know, was a fan of the book series and it just uh, it seemed like some stuff was let out, but I don't think it affected the actual viewing of this movie. You know, it, you know, you didn't miss if you didn't know anything going into it, then you didn't miss anything of it. 
Well, that's that's a good thing. Yeah, no, that, that's a really good thing. You know, I'm not gonna lie though. I I, I did miss seeing uh, what's what was her name at the beginning of the 1984 film that just sat there and talked for literally a solid five minutes of the of the first part. Talking about the floating head in space. <laughs> yes, that was Princess Carolyn. Um, you know, uh, that told us the story, and you didn't see her in '84 until the literal last scene, for the most part. Um, Irulan, yeah, a lot more important in the next feature. Um, but they didn't get to the point where they needed her in this one, so you didn't have to put her in there. Yeah, why not waste money? They don't have to. What this one, this this film had what a hundred and sixty-five million dollar budget, I think, is what I've read. A lot. Like 145 or 165, and the first five minutes, visually stunning. Absolutely. Uh, visually stunning, and that was a consistency throughout the entire movie for me. Like, the entire movie, I, I was in awe. I wish I went and saw an IMAX, I really do, but I, I was in awe with how the entire, just what they were able to do. And you could tell that they put they put time and effort into actually creating this film. Uh, I think they did a phenomenal job with that. <clears throat> that honestly, from just, say that again. It was absolutely beautiful. Um, everything yes. in it, it was lush. Uh, the from the costuming, all, all the down to the set dressing, the way that they built the world, um, it, it was great. And the differences they showed between. Uh, the family uh, living on uh, their their home world of Kaladin, mm-hmm. and then the stark contrast you know, on Arrakis, um, and with desert planet and water being such a precious commodity, um, I like the fact that they reinforced that several times uh, throughout the first act. You know, when the guy's watering the trees, and you're going, Jesus, that's expensive. Um, <laughs> you know. Uh, oh yeah, the, what they're taking uh, away from the people uh, to give to those, but you know, sacred is the sacred does. So uh, those are important to them, and it let us know uh, that they still they they still like you know beauty and those things in that world, um, and it has a value <clears throat> to them because of keeping those you know, all those trees alive um, at the expense of the water that they use to do it. Um, it just set the tone coming from uh, from from Kaladin that was just so, you know, oceanic, beautiful, you know, rocky, you know, raining until not a drop of water anywhere. To um, and it, mm-hmm. I think it forced out a lot of the hardships they had to endure there and the perpetual need uh, for basics to survive. And how important it was um, of spice mining on that planet, and why it's such an important place to be. Yeah, no, it, it they they set that up within the first what twenty minutes of the movie on how how important twenty thirty minutes give or take on how important that was. I think the whole in the final runtime was I think what two hours and thirty eight minutes, give or take, right around there. I don't. It, it was a good long a good long movie and they still what they still if you compare it to the 1984 what they cut off and two hours what, 35 30 minutes. minutes I was close I said 238 yeah <clears throat> no they they did a phenomenal job with that and I I think that they I just lost my train of thought <laughs> It is what it is. No, nah, but no. <laughs> Say it again. It derails sometimes, but you know, <laughs> yeah. But and, what movie doesn't? What movie doesn't derail sometimes? Yeah. And uh, the one, the one of the most visually the the reason I say visualize is one of my main things I take away is it was one of the first few scenes their home world um, that the ship. I think it was their home world. I can't remember off the top of my head. It's been a minute. Um, that's coming out of the water. And it they made it look so phenomenally real that it I I felt like it was an actual ship coming out of water. That got blast off into space. Like you couldn't tell the difference between CGI and 
something that possibly like a submarine coming out of the water. You couldn't really visually tell the difference. No, as far as visuals and the special effects go, uh, that went right along with everything else they did. It was uh, it was real uh, and it was it was seamless and it didn't detract from the story at all. It just fit right along with it, uh, and that was something that carried throughout the entirety of the movie. Um, even you know in the desert. There's not a lot you can do with sand, but they still kept the environment interesting, visually appealing, um, and it progressed the story significantly because of how exceptional the visuals <clears throat> the film. It's sand. It's coarse. It gets everywhere. I hate it. Sorry. Wrong film series. <clears throat> we'll get um, there. <laughs> we'll get there. Uh, Dylan, what did you think about it, Dylan? You haven't really said much yet. What, what, what did um, you think about it? Going off first five minutes, um... Not enough Zendaya. That's uh, that's gonna be my first note. Really, that's my note for the entire movie. Wish she was in it more. That would have made it a lot more visually appealing to me. But you know, that's neither here nor there. Um, but no, you guys pretty much hit it all on the head. That's why I didn't jump in. I mean, because you you guys are saying everything I was gonna say. I mean, bad. Every, every, everything everything looked ten times better. I didn't hate it as soon as I turned it on. They found a really good way to make it more modernized, but still have that feel of like this isn't our time. <clears throat> like yeah. I, it was kind of like Game of Thrones. Like even though it's set in a time that wasn't that isn't ours, it was more relatable to a degree like you could relate more to the characters and they didn't seem like these otherworldly beings that you have no fucking clue what's going on with them I think sometimes they, they kind of did because when you start creeping into that you know, little bit of the second act you have Baron Harkonnen absolute monster uh, terrifying person um, yeah. the visuals they had for him were just they were great um what you got from this baron compared to 84 you didn't get you know a blimp of a fat man that's incapable of anything you got a monster yeah he seemed more intimidating and less comical you could t you could you could tell that he was not one to mess with you know, like yeah. it was the first meeting where we had. Um, I want to say, obviously, it's Dave Batista. Um, the first meeting between the, him and the Baron is just is extremely intense, and you can tell that I think he he portrayed that phenomenal. I haven't fully read the book yet. I'm in the process. I am one chapter in. You know, and I I told you I was gonna do it. I'm one chapter in, but he I. So far, he's portrayed it phenomenally well. Now, I, I would definitely agree with that. Um, with, with the interactions we got from those characters, uh, Raban as well as the Baron, um, men just pours off of them. Autocar um, mm -hmm. had a much more distinct personality in this film as they did in the '84. I think '84 they just did you know, like ooh scary, uh, and went with that. Um, the troopers when they were preparing for battle, oh, uh, with their massive yes, so much better. Yeah, um, you knew these weren't people to be trifled with, and with or without a helmet or anything else on them, uh, they were they, they were absolutely terrifying um, to see those folks on the <clears throat> field and the horrible things that happened uh, in that movie. Um, because of them were, or, I mean, it, you just felt the terror the whole time. Oh yeah, oh yeah. There's no doubt about that. <clears throat> well, th that that brings up so like the first the first little act, uh, the first the first act of it is all ultimately diplomatic. Um, like I said, I've I've only read the first chapter. It obviously doesn't dwell that far into it. I don't remember exactly how many chapters off the top of my head. But uh, it is in the book altogether. But <clears throat> how well do you think they did keep into that as much as possible? 
anytime you base a movie on a book, you're gonna have things that you're gonna have to cut out. And Harry Potter have to add completely because you're telling it a completely different story. Um, if every book was a page for page, you know, copy, then there wouldn't be much point in it, now would there? You know, mm-hmm. it's very true. Uh, it's one of those accurate that, statements. Accurate. The Dune was super influential on sci-fi at the time. Um, there are countless movies that were, you know, uh, influenced by it. And as far as sticking to the book, it did a great job of telling the story and advancing the plot as necessary because it's easy to get bogged down in details and minute, de- you know, and minutia about the thing that you might love as the book because it paints a different picture in your head. Um, when it comes to actually telling it in a visual medium, um, like the movies, you still have to keep it interesting all the way around. So uh, I, I agree with that. It's I, Like you said, you paint something in your head and you hope it comes out that way, but ultimately it comes down to what they're able to they're able to portray. What they're able to do is get Um, I, I personally, I, I, I loved it. I, I thought they did a great job. And, <laughs> and speaking of that, the shields, the wrist shields. Oh, that's a <sighs> can you hear me now? We've been able to hear. You've you've been kind oh, of okay. Uh, yeah, you guys like straight froze, and I was like, oh, well, I'm brisket. Yeah, but, no, I'm no. I'm listening. I'm just I'm monitoring. No, you're as good. I no, listen. like you. No, you were no. Both of you guys were straight frozen. That's why. But no, okay. So, but I'm glad we brought that part. The 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 shields. Oh my God, these were five. One hundred percent better. What you? This is one hundred percent. You like the yeah. Minecraft body armor? Yeah, it wasn't. It, it wasn't from Roblox. No, I my my kids play Roblox. I'm not. I'm. I'm not one bit. <clears throat> they they turned that so great. Uh, that was probably one of my favorite parts. Of the movie that that sounds terrible to say, but they actually did that part justice. It was an actual shield, not a force box. Yeah, yeah, they did a lot better with the visualization of that, and it took you out of the movie uh, in the mm-hmm. because it looked so ridiculous. You didn't, you know, you could lose someone in the fight on a who's who, and that was removed. So they did a great job visually there. Um, when it came to the score, um, the Toto only did one soundtrack ever, and that was Dune 84. Um, it was Toto. It was awesome. It was synth pop. It, it was it was great. It added tons to the to the movie. Uh, arguably better than the actual movie itself was the score. Yep. Um, this one, um, I don't think Hans Zimmer has ever any, did anything that was bad. Um, the the music added to it. It didn't detract from it. It wasn't near as iconic as the Toto soundtrack was, but you didn't want the soundtrack to overshadow the movie. So uh, to me, it was great. It added to it um, and <clears throat> took you out of the movie. Uh, the soundtrack with uh, uh, Hans Zimmer? Uh, yeah, Hans Zimmer's the one who did the soundtrack and the music for this masterpiece, one hundred percent masterpiece. Like I said, I, I, anything bad. I I I agree. Like I think when the may have lost him that time. I think he's gone. Um, Story. Used oh. it for every aspect of it. Oh, he's coming back. 
<laughs> we lost I'm for a second there, bud. I'll be back. Hey, I'm back. Okay, where, what's, what's the last thing you heard? Well, uh, you're just expounding on how great Hans Zimmer's soundtrack was, which... Dude, he was so good. I don't care what anyone says. I loved every aspect of it. No, it was very good. It was very good. Um, it's... came to the the second decoration and everything that they were doing. It built an immersive world that pulled you in, got you invested in the characters. Um, you didn't have odd commentary like, put your hand in my box. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Reverend Mother, uh, which is, you know... That's meme worthy. Uh, this one they espoused, they they did away with that one, so you didn't have to listen to that. So that was great. Um, and it still had the same uh, sense of dread from the mother. Um, they did a good job building that relationship. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it was it was it was good. It told the correct story. They didn't do anything funky with it. Um, and then they just wound up. You know, music tells you a little bit that Paul has been trained by his mother uh, in some of the Bene Gesserit ways, which is important uh, and will be more important. Um, Very important. Story progresses. And uh, when they're getting ready to go, uh, loading up the house, getting everything loaded in the ship, like you said, that was beautiful uh, when it came out of the water and they loaded up and transport their entire life to Arrakis for a little bit of political ammunition and to uh, liberate liberate them and you know, act a little bit better and once they got there you know you had uh, the uh, Imperial Ecologist Kynes as the judge of the change someone that's there to oversee uh, everything as it is from point A to point B. And she was quickly, uh, she was quick to inform them that she's not there to say anything. She's just there as a figurehead, and they can deal with whatever issues the Harkonnens left them uh, in good luck. And um, that was, you know, Duke Leto was in a bad spot at that point, who was played fantastically by Oscar Isaacs in a fairly minimal role on screen, but important to have someone that could convey those emotions that he did of him wanting uh, more for himself and his family and also being uh, satisfied with what his son's chosen path was going to be. The whole scene where, like, if all you're ever going to be is my son, and I'll still be proud of you. It was great. Uh, he did a good job with uh, with that. Um, that guy's a great actor. Um, a very small role compared to the entirety of the Dune franchise, but important to have a figurehead that's going to have such a lasting hold on his son and uh, the world around him. Um, Duke Leto inspired people. And that tells Paul what he has to do to be a leader of men. And uh, that's something that he sticks with him, you know, the entirety of his life. And uh, having someone like that inspire that loyalty among yourself, um, the people around you. Um, Duncan Idaho, uh, played by Jason Momoa. I definitely. He, he's really, you know, he was, he, he was done well. Um, you had a lot more interaction with him in this movie than there was in 84. Um, depending on how far it goes, um, you'll have a lot more with him uh, for, for a long time to come. Um, Who? Well, uh, sorry, I, you cut out on my end for a second. Who are you talking about? Uh, Jason Momoa as uh, Duncan Idaho. Duncan, yeah, yeah, okay. okay sweet, yeah, that's... He, Sorry, yeah, you had cut out for a second. I was like, well, my com- internet sucks. Anyways. <clears throat> no, like, I was just, uh, you know, when you, you started to get into the the meat of the matter on Arrakis, he was uh, he was his jovial self, joking, um, you know, joking with Paul, and but 
he's a, he's a man about his business. Um, he fought vigorously against the Harkonnens and the Sardaukar when they showed up. Uh, and they knew he was there. Um, Duncan Idaho, as a swordmaster for that house, um, is an awesome person to have around. Uh, he was very important to the Duke and uh, did a lot to save Paul and his mom. Sorry, I couldn't help but start laughing because Tyler just froze with a goofy-ass smile on his face. <laughs> he froze. He, just, he was just sitting there with this goofy look, and I couldn't help it. I was trying to hold it back, but I couldn't. Oh, there he goes. We're still working things out. We're still trying to figure this out. So while we're waiting on uh, him to come back, what are we looking like on time, Dillon? Um, right now... We are, let's see. Can you hear me now? Yeah. We can hear you now. Yeah, my internet decided to. Uh, we, are tw- we are 25 minutes in currently. Yeah, we're only, we're not that far into it. And I think we're actually on pretty good, pretty good part right now. Yeah, just starting, you know, as far as the the second act, just dipping right into that one. Um those are arbitrary places for the most part for a lot of people. To me, the second act starts when the Harkonnens attack. Um, yeah. That place is... They, they send Arakeen, uh, uh, which is the capital city that they're in, they send that place to hell. Yeah. They, <laughs> they made the siege feel more like a siege and not as much of like, oh, we kind of want this, so we're just gonna we're just gonna take it because we want to it actually seemed like they had to go in and fight for it and it made you and it made you care a little bit more about oh all these people died because they made they made more of a point to show you like hey all these people just died yeah and then then it also (laughs) kind of gives you another idea of like the duke and his son like how much they actually cared about all the people that they lost and how much the Baron could care less about everyone that he lost in that. And That's it, very true. It, it gave um, you that sense of, like, a better sense of, like, this is a real bad guy. Again, like, they made the Baron look ten times more, however you want to put it, egregious. I think that's a good, that's a great word uh, for that. Thank you. I read it, the dictionary today. Look at that. Word of the day <laughs> the um, but when it came to you know the siege, you know you see everybody gets their shots in for the most part. Um, the reason you cast Jason Momoa is for those type of scenes. Um, stand out there. He was great with it. Um, when it came to the the flight. Uh, of uh, of um, Paul and Lady Jessica, you know, like, hey, we didn't kill them. We just put them in the desert. They just died on their own. <laughs> they're, they're, we didn't do anything. Aggressive cop out from them. Oh, yeah. But again, at the same time, um, what we're not seeing in the in this movie was the rest of the Lonsrod the rest of the ruling class and the rest of the great houses and what they were risking in order to retake Arrakis in such a short order in such a horrific manner. Um, are you back there, Tyler? Yeah, I'm back. I just went to my cell phone. That's fair. <laughs> there we go. Um, so having, uh, so having the that political machinations be present in the film, but not at the forefront, necessary. Um, but they didn't do a lot of detail about why they were doing it that way and what uh, and the emperor was helping them do that. But we'll see a lot more of that in the second movie, I would imagine. Um, it has to be uh, to get the the full scope of what's going on with it. Right. As far as um, Paul trying to use the voice, you know, unsuccessfully at first, 
to get to uh, to to get to get free. Um, but you do show that he is capable. Um, needs a little more training with it, and then from having Jessica, who is wildly powerful uh, in the in the in the weirding way, um, to control him with a voice, which is a ridiculously useful tool. Um, oh yeah, it's something that couldn't be overstated. And then they, you know, that goes that carries through and is one of the reasons they get to stay alive, you know, as long as they do. Um, it is because of that. The, uh, but again, like when they're going through that aspect of it after the siege has taken place and they're, they, they free themselves and dump the bodies of the Arcona soldiers uh, out there. Um, and Paul has to realize that he's not in control of everything at all times, which is yeah, a nice, nice little side and, you know, some foreshadowing when they, he finally just has to uh, turn the engines off on their, uh, their ornithopter and just let go and let God yeah. um, by just, you know, cutting the engines off and just praying that it'll clear for them and they just get lucky. Um, simple as that. You're not in control of everything all the time. Um, and having to, to realize that you're not in control, it's got to be hard for someone uh, in the position that he was in his entire life. So I think that was a, a good lesson at the time. And his mom was still fighting. You know, she's, you know, like, what are you doing? Yeah. He's like, so what is this the only move I got? Is to just let this, go? And this, this is the way. Yeah. yeah. I liked it. Um, I, I meant to bring this up a minute ago. And I don't know if you did. Like I said, I was having internet issues. But um, how about the suits? What, what did you think of the actual suits that they use and everything? They look more badass. Yeah, the suits were a lot more military grade, I guess, for the most part. And some of the glimpses that you get of the future uh, when Paul's fighting and the, the helmets, mm -hmm. uh, the, all those aspects of it. Um, it's... Uh, Visually, again, it was you know, it was stunning. Didn't take anything out of it. Um, was super weird. Didn't look like you know just a wetsuit with some with a little <laughs> you know vest on top of it. Um, I think the suits were great. They they did a phenomenal job with the suits. Costume costume wise throughout the entire film was fantastic. I think they did a great job on that. Whoever, whoever, I, I don't know who did the costume designs and stuff. They we need to get rehired. Pretty much. They need to get rehired. We'll know when it comes time for Oscars because there's no way this movie isn't getting multiple nominations. Oh, this is... Uh, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to say at least eight. Eight. Jacqueline West and Bob Morgan were the costume designers for set. Well, they should get nominated because, wow. <laughs> you know, I know they didn't show enough skin for you for Zendaya, but, you it's know, fine. it is what it's it fine. is. Yeah. The, the, the costume She was design, in it. That's all that matters. You know, I I don't – actually, no, that, that is one thing I wasn't – I didn't like the extremely blue eyes. For some reason, that just bothered me throughout the entire film. I'm just like, why, why, why? That just bothers me. Yeah, no, that's... Dude, that's like having Star Wars with all with like white lightsabers. It's you know, it's kind of iconic. The colors matter, dude. You know, <laughs> I knew they do, but at the same time, they just they just got on my nerves. I don't know what it was about it. No, actually, you know, I know exactly what it was. On one of the still oh, God, frames, on, on one of the still frames on HBO, you have Zendaya, yeah. and she has the blue contacts on. She's one eye is going this way, and the other eye is going that way. Not saying anything about cross-eyed people. There's, I have no is, no, 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 no uh, quarrels with them, but at the same time, I think that's just what really bugs me. 
I don't know why. Just no. Please how did, stop. How did how did we get there from their eyes being blue? It just I work backwards, man. That's how my that's how my mind works. Leave me alone. Because see, okay, I was about to me. ask you, is it the fact that they're blue or that they were as blue as they were? But then you went on a whole different side of the fence there, bud. I, I didn't have any issues with them being blue. They were oh. just too blue. Well, that's how you started this. <laughs> blue. Not yeah, blue. Want okay. a pale blue, not a bright blue. The eyes, the wrong shade of too much blue. I mean, I guess I could see it. I didn't personally have an issue with it. The one thing that I did love was that Duncan did not die to some BS, oh, I'm going to watch this bullet come at me for 30 seconds. No, he got a heroic death. And I love it. Spoiler alert incoming. Oh, it's fine. We have tags on it. We have tags all over this for spoilers, so we're good. Duncan gets killed and remade for a Approximately 3,500 years. If you can think of a way he dies, he winds up getting that, that leg. Okay. He, Good for him. You will see him die so many times um, through this series if they go past Dune. Um, poor Duncan. <laughs> well, poor see, Duncan. And, and that was one thing that. I was curious about because there's no way you cast Jason Momoa and put out Jason Momoa money for a character that's going to die halfway through the first movie and, and then you never see him again. Him. Yeah, and then you never see him again. It's like, you don't put out Jason I Momoa money for that. Nope. No, he, he had a, what, a total of what, like, probably not even 10 minutes screen time. There's no way. It was, it was important for him for, for the time that he was there. Um, and like I said, he's a simple character. Mm-hmm. All the way through the end of the Atreides dynasty. He is an important part. Keeps around for a very, very long time. Um, I, spoiler I do know this. I'm very curious to see how he comes back to life. I am. I know that I think it happens in the second book or is it the third book? I, 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 second book? I think second it's already book. happened. I think it's already happened in this movie. Because he's he's in what what what's the name of like their plane things? You said the name earlier. And I don't know the name. Yes, those. I'm not gonna try to repeat that. I'm not gonna butcher that. He's in no, that. Say it, butcher it, please do it. No. He's in that crashes i don't I, I think he actually crashed died and then he's like eh, no i'm gonna go have a final stand in this hallway and look like a complete badass well i mean that's kind of, that's kind of the same thing of paul and his mother crashing they they didn't die and they just kind of walked on and they, were they okay. went into the sand this man went into a fiery blaze of glory twice I've in one movie. I, I think they show him jumping out of that one. Oh, do they? <laughs> I must have missed that part. I think he jumped out before the crash happened. Um, but it's easy to miss that stuff when there's so much happening on screen. Yeah. Um, one thing that that was good through the whole thing, um, the framing uh, of, of the, the shot they're trying to make, um, if there is one aside to it, it must be the scene that... Uh, Dylan's referring to. Um, yes. <laughs> you didn't see the guy survive it? Well, yeah. there's a thing there. Um, <laughs> but he, he shows up 20 minutes later. Yeah, shows up 20 minutes later and uh, so, you know, make sure everyone is uh, is is okay. And, He's fulfilling uh, his <laughs> vows to the Duke, man. For real. It, he, it's he typical. It's typical, man. Poor Duke. Um, that, so, that damn imperial conditioning being broken. No <laughs> <laughs> dumpster. Just, oh man. He number on him, didn't That's he? Fantastic. What? Okay, so what did um, 
Hold on. Let me, let me get my note. I, I, I made a note of this. Hold on. Where is it? I didn't make All notes right. this time. All my notes last time were about Scooby-Doo. <laughs> the Harvesters. I loved how they were ships. Not necessarily ships. Big-ass ATVs. Um, and not bases. I don't know what I liked about that, but I liked how they were not bases, that they were actually movable, and they were able to move to the spices all across the actual plane of existence, the plane of doom. I, I love how they were actually able to move across it and get to it. Yes, I had to say the name of the movie in part of my <laughs> sentences at one point in this time, so I had to do it. Well, but it's I, because I love this... how they... Go ahead. I love how they. I love how it moved. I, I did. I love how they. They made it that where okay, it all comes from this one point in the planet, and so we're just gonna put a station right here. That and I'm referring to the nineteen obviously the nineteen eighty four movie where it had a station. In this one, it's the rover that moves across the lands for them to be able to get to, which I thought. I that I know it's a small little detail, but I actually really like that. It shows that there's more that it, it's a vast area that's still yet to be discovered for the most part, and that they're trying to get out there and get everywhere as much as possible. For, me, for the, me, at least. It's because the Spice Miners are Jawas. Yeah, Spice Miners are Jawas. They're called... Um, Dune came first? Spice <laughs> Miners, Jawas. Yes. Yeah, same, same people. Hey, okay, they're okay, Jawas okay. grown up. The, and then they move the, to another galaxy. No one's going to convince me otherwise. You you are correct about that. The um, uh, that's another that's a debate for another time. The um, <laughs> you know the harvesters you know being important in there and that's how you collect the spice. You got to go where the spice is. There's no you know particular spot for it, so they got to be out there and mobile. I love the way that they. Had the big balloon of spice that they sent off, and then the first uh, appearance of Shah Halud uh, in the movie. The, just how much of a monster it is! Those sandworms. The giant sarlacc. Yeah. Yes. The sarlacc. The, the mobile sarlacc. Yes. The Alaskan bullworm. I have to say, you you can't deny that the way they did the teeth in every aspect of the mouth was a legit sarlacc you you can't tell me otherwise i am not you you will not budge me from that at all but see the difference is you make a reference to star wars now it's like oh it's a star wars reference love that you do it back in the day and people are like oh they just ripped off star wars what are they doing you know you do that now it's like this is great this has an aspect of a movie i already love of a series i already love and now i love this that, that's what's great about movies coming out years later after other iconic movies is you can draw some aspect of that certain movie. What they like, okay, well, you Star, uh, Star Wars, for example, the Sarlacc with Boba Fett. Boba Fett had, what, three lines the entire series? And I think one of them had him going, I'd be right before he freaking dies. And everyone remembers the Sarlacc and Bubba Fett. Why not use that as much as possible? I think they did a phenomenal job with that. I would oh, yeah. use as much iconic scenes as I can to an extent and obviously change it up for the most part, which in this part, I think they did. I think the – I'm going to call them a worm. It's a fucking worm. I don't care. The worms were, I think, again, visually, I think was – visually phenomenal and the way they uh, they incorporated it into everything it wasn't obviously i for me i didn't think that it was um the worms were not overpowering in the movie but i think they incorporated them perfect the perfect amount that you can see in the future that they're going to be used a lot more yeah absolutely yeah you didn't get a ton of of interaction or you know the importance of them in the greater scheme of things, uh, we'll get that in the next movie, and uh, hopefully, uh, in season three and four, if they, those come out. Um, but the worm, as far as they're, they're, most people are concerned, there is just terrifying, and his, his ability to to cause the wholesale destruction that it did. Um, 
was awesome. And the fact that they didn't want to shield them, um, I think it was a great way, you know, saying like, oh, the shield drive them into a frenzy. Um, just a good way to explain away how it's so easily destroying those things. Um, and just the size and immensity of them um, and what it can do uh, on that planet is, is, is important. It can't be overstated how important they are to every aspect about Dune because um, that's where you get the spice is from the worms. And then uh, that aspect of it right there and how important they are to the Fremen. Uh, we're not there yet. We don't know what those are, what, you know, what they're doing with them at this point. But they're important. They are as much as a, as a threat uh, to everyone around them. Uh, like the Harkonnens or the Sadaqar are. They are, they are there. They're a destructive force of nature. And um, they are super important. And the way that they introduced them in the film was 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 great. Um, but watching it destroy that harvester, just like eat the whole thing up, just yeah. swallow it whole and destroy it, like you know, it's it, it's crazy. Um, and how somebody wrote the scope of such a a large creature and how it's so important to it, um, to me it was great. Yeah, you know, and how they introduced it. Um, they're introduced in the book the same way. Um, there are some things that I enjoyed in 84 a little bit better in that same scene. Um, but again, it's the inner monologue that you're subject to in 84 takes away from the storytelling a little bit. Yeah. And they did a better job with it in this one, in my opinion. Well, and with, the, with the worms, they created more of an allure to them. Like, you wanted yeah. to know more of, like, what what is it? Whereas in the 84 version, it was, what, first 30, 45 minutes, you get to see what a whole worm looks like, and then it's just, oh, yeah, no, they're just going to pop up, like, every 10 minutes now, and they're going to lose their luster real quick. So they did very <laughs> well at just, like, giving you, like, little bits of, like, hey, we're going to show you. Oh, no, we're not going to show you. We're going to wait till the very end. Then you get to see what it is. And yeah. we're gonna make you wonder what's going on with them. So yeah. they they did so good with it because no one really knows what's going on with them yet, and it's like I said, it's just creating that like it leaves so much to the imagination. And when you let people use their imagination on what something could be and what it could be capable of, that's gonna bring people back every time. Yeah. No, I agree. Let let people use their imagination. And that's what's going to bring you back. And I, I wish a lot more sci-fi, a lot, a lot more fantasy movies would somewhat follow that. Because, like you said, bring using your your own imagination, what's about to happen. So I'm sitting here thinking of obviously we watched the 1984 version, but I'm sitting here. I I know a little bit of what's going to happen, but I haven't read the series. I know Dylan, you haven't read the series either. But it's leaving. The way they cut off this movie compared to the 1984 version, which I think they cut it off at a perfect spot. Um, Jeff, you may disagree with that. I think personally for me, coming from the 1984 movie, I think they cut it off at a perfect at a perfect spot. Yes, we didn't get the whole Avatar, I'm going to ride the big worm moment, um, but I, I feel like that is coming next next movie oh, but yeah. right now i think they they cut it off and they can sit here and let us speculate the non-readers of what are they going to do next where where are they going to leave us to go next i agree as far as where they stopped the movie at uh i could have you know went you know just a little bit farther maybe you know to the actual the, fun the, the, the funeral, the remembrance of Jameis, I think would have set it up a little bit better and had a more closed-in feeling than he left us with because basically 
you have this great building action. They do they they set this they set the stage for you. They showed a massive conflict, and then you get your rising action out of it, and then it stops just like yep. so abrupt. Um, it's like literally like somebody turned off the lights on the movie instead of letting it you know gradually fade to gray. But that might be what he was going for. Um, you can't argue with his results <laughs> when it came to getting people to the theater. Um, we'll see if he built enough of a secondary presence for people to want to go watch the next one. I'm sure it will surpass this one in box office, but it's going to be with people that sought out a little more information, I think, you know, that, del- that delved into the, the universe a little bit more because where it ended the movie, you know there's things that are going to happen, but you have no idea. And maybe that's what he was shooting for. Um, I can't fault him for that. It's just how abrupt the movie stopped was my only issue. Um, but I think the action going into it, you know, the story he was telling, the universe building, everything about it was great. And it just stopped so abruptly. I, I, was, I sat in the theater and watched this with, with people. And then... Just, you know, I knew it was going to stop pretty abruptly because, you know, I kind of had one a little more of the knowledge going into right. it. And how many people stayed there in the theater because we've been trained by people to watch and then nothing. So some people left the theater disappointed when I was, when I viewed it. Um, I wasn't one of them. I enjoy what I watched. Was it like that's it? Yeah, that's I it. I know. That's it. I know now. a lot of people. A lot of people now get mad when there's not an end credit scene. A lot of people get furious about that. And a lot of people nowadays, I've noticed, do not like movies ending the way that Dune ended on a cliffhanger. Not necessarily. Yeah, not necessarily a cliffhanger. But not uh like yeah it just, just people don't people don't want to leave movies anymore asking questions, which is yeah. to me that's half the the joy of a movie yeah being able to discuss it afterwards and hypothesize you is, know spoilers when a book's been around for as long as it's been around they don't exist yeah. it's it, been it around what seventy years yeah sixty seventy <laughs> years sixty years. All, or, or, uh, almost 60 years but so if if you really cared about it then you would have read the book plain and simple like i said uh, i plan on finishing the book don't get me wrong it's a long book it's a long series so i can understand why it's very intimidating to people it, it really is and from what i understand the first book is extremely difficult to get through from what i understand it can be rough. He was so immersed in the writing of the universe that a lot of it droned on a little bit more. You reinforce stuff. But again, when you're building an entire universe that there's nothing written like it before that. Like it was no. so original. A lot of times you would get enamored with what you're with what you're doing to the point where you wind up adding additional information that's not necessary to develop the plot, but it's there. The other books are a lot more concise than 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 Dune. Um, when it comes to Children of Dune and um, Dune Messiah, those are a lot more concise books that tell the story in a much more, I wouldn't say linear, but a lot more plot-driven than just all this crazy universe stuff. These worms, worms, and this spice. It was so out there at the time that that he got enamored with it. And then an editor is going to look at that and go, I I don't don't know what to cut. And that's what happened. So you wind up with a a bloated book uh, that is rough to read unless you're that person that wants to know every single aspect about something so and it's that's like, no i agree and that 
it bringing that up, it, it reminds me of Tolkien or Tolkien, how some people like to pronounce it. Um, he built an entire, pretty much a universe under what uh, three ages. I mean, if you really want to get into it, you can go read the Sil- uh, Silmarillion, and you can un- understand the whole entire history of life itself for the most part. Isn't and there a language that people uh, learn from that? Say it or, again? Didn't people like learn a language from Lord of the Rings? Or something? People are kind of. People make up languages from everything. They can make, make up a up language, language if they wanted to. The Elvis alphabet. I've seen people tattoos. All kinds of crazy all stuff like that. The speak it, you know, just feels like Klingon for Star Trek fans. That's you know? what I was thinking. Yeah, I was thinking Star Trek. But no, it's it's same difference. Like you, yeah, no, it really is. But but it's like you said, you have Tolkien who who has pretty much like a middle age type universe he created. You have what uh what uh C.S. Lewis he created a, almost a. It's a it's a magical fantasy type with uh, Narnia. Yeah, no, um, he literally created have... what? He C.S. Lewis literally created so much. Apparently, him oh, and Tolkien they... were like best friends. Oh, they were best friends. There's a huge debate on who created certain aspects first, yeah. like the Gandalf. They, they they there's a whole the whole thing of you got Gandalf and um Aslan are the same exact characters. You know they both well, die. One's a lion. Spoilers for you know movies that's been out for years, whatever. Um, but storyline, and then you have the Jesus allegory wizard of their yes, exactly. Christ of death, their rebirth, and then they're saving everyone upon their reemergence. So yeah. So yeah. Th- there's a huge debate on who created what first, and then you got what you got Frank Herbert in 1965 creating a space. A space wizard odyssey going on. Obviously, it's not a space wizard. That's Star Wars in '77. But you got you got a space odyssey going on that no one's ever heard of. And I think that he he took a spin on it and created something phenomenal. And I think now here in in 2021 that they finally have taken it to the next level as to where. It, it's getting the rec, not necessarily the recognition that it deserves, but it's getting the recognition that it deserves. It's finally gotten a movie in my aspect that created and showed what he was trying to create in his story. I think it's a much more, you know, accurate reflection of what he had in mind for, for Dune from a visual standpoint. Uh, I think it was a lot more true to the source material um, and was also done in a time where the technology allowed them to do some things they couldn't do uh, in 84, and they just made a a great film, um, which is important when you do an adaptation of the books, because for every time you get something like this, you'll have four and five versions of A Wrinkle in Time, which was a great book. And <laughs> Horrible failure in every other respect. I mean, this, it's just, you know, when you're telling, when you're, you're uh, trying to recreate something that people have such a sharp image of in their head. um, And let's be honest, 84 influenced a lot of the stuff that they did visually in this movie. um, Because it's still set an idea in anyone's head of what they're going to watch. Even if they, you know, if they saw it or not, a lot of the imagery is, you know, pretty iconic to both of them. It was written very well when it came to explaining the stuff. Um, but you can't, you couldn't have, you could, you wouldn't have seen things uh, in the 2021 Dune without having a reference point from 84 uh, on a lot of those aspects. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of them are vastly superior in uh, in, in this version, um, and I think audiences have responded to that with dollars. You know, 
That's what yeah, I'm gonna say. They, yeah, money wise, right now they they've done a great job, which is good, and uh, it, uh, they keep up with the same the same soundtrack type deal, the same visuals visual effects, the same um, script type. I think they can keep this going for a good long time. What the Dune series has fifteen books. Fifteen books. They have a complete story, kind of like uh, Netflix is doing the Wheel of Time series. There's yeah. fifteen books of that. So I think they they have enough source material if they somewhat stick to it and use a lot of the same stuff they have now. I think that this can be a great, uh, long-standing series. I I agree wholeheartedly. And there's enough differentiation in the books to keep people interested. A lot of times, if you keep moving the same place, you get tired of going there. You know? So when it comes to the universe building they're doing, it's great. And there is a lot more written. Uh, uh, Herbert's uh, son uh, wrote a huge portion of books that are prequels. I've read that, yep. Hey, it spans like 10,000 years when you can include the, the prequels as well as everything that comes afterwards. And it shows, you know, builds relationships. I mean, we all know from watching the movie on a cursory glance that the Harkonnens and the uh, Trades don't get along. And, you know, they go back and it's easy to do it in hindsight, but sometimes it, they get it completely wrong. Uh, I'm looking at you, Star Wars episode one, two, and three. Uh, you're disgusting. And I hate you. But that's another day altogether. Um, so, I hate to be this guy, but we are running low on time here. What is uh, fi- Jeff? Final thoughts? How would you recommend this movie? I absolutely would recommend this movie to any fans of uh, of sci-fi. Um, you're going to see a lot of stuff in there that's important to you, to other movies that are out there, other properties, and it does a great job of telling a story, introducing you to the universe, and making it important. My final thoughts, I'd give this movie like a four or five out of a five if I had to put a number on it. I, I, I think it's homemade and is interesting to people. Sweet. Sweet Dylan, what you got? Um, It was definitely ten times better than the first version, or than the 84 version. Um, like I said, they, they left more to the imagination, which is extremely nice it's very refreshing in today's world because it seems like the only movies that you can really get that from anymore are anything in the marvel series that that like jeff said like the best part of a movie is when you leave the theater and then the next 20 minutes you're standing in the parking lot with your friends talking about i think this is going to happen this that and the other and then it just turns into a whole thing and costumes 10 times better special effects 10 times better which i mean Special effects, can't really give them too much crap for the 84 version because it was an 84. So, you know, you can't really say that much. I'm still going to say a lot because they sucked. But at the end of the day, definitely recommend it. I'd give it a 4 out of a 5. And then once you give your review, I actually have the Rotten Tomatoes pulled up over here. And I want to tell you guys that one once you give yours. Sounds good. Yeah, no, personally... You know, just with the the score, the music, the soundtrack, um, the visual effects for me it already did tremendous. For like you said, compared to the 1984 version, the script I think they did a phenomenal job of it. Um, I think the choice of the actors that they brought in was was a great choice of actors. Um, I wouldn't change the and I wouldn't change any part of that. Uh, personally, for me, I, I wouldn't change it. I think they did a great job. Uh, they did a great job of conveying the story and pushing it along. And like you said, leaving it with the cliffhanger, leaving it with you wanting more. 
And then that's what that that's what movies are supposed to do is to lead you to want more to come back. Oh, what is about to happen? What are we about to do? What's gonna who's gonna die next or who are they gonna fight next? It, it's it's making me want to know what it is, and I plan on reading the books. And I halfway don't want to spoil it, but I also don't want to wait two years for another movie. Um, actually, I think they're planning on coming out with another movie next year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Unless they're Avatar. What I read, the, uh, Avatar. Yeah, the, you know what? Side note, another thing. Avatar on a desert planet, 100. percent Making Jeff mad. Had to do that one time. But I, four, uh, 4.5 out of 5. That's what I give it. I Just for me, visual effects, the costumes, um, the soundtrack, every, I think the script, every aspect of for me, I loved it. But personally, I think there could always be something more in movies. Something always could be done better. Um, that's what I think at least. So what, 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 is, uh, what does Rotten Tomato give it? So, do you want the critic review or the audience review first? Critics will surprise us. What? Let's take the critics. See what they so, have to say. The critics gave it an eighty-two. Okay, I'll give you a critic. So, I'd say an eighty-two from the critics. Not awful. I've definitely seen a lot worse. And then the audience gave it a ninety. So just based off of that. They have, they they have what they need to show, whatever studio is producing this. Of hey, this is what we did. Let us do another one. Between Absolutely. the money, between the money and the reviews, they're sold on another movie. We're at least getting one more. Well, if the reviews are awful and the money was there, we're getting a sequel anyway. Very true. And then one one last side note, because I've been holding on to this all night. Um, Dune is Tatooine. Or, or Tatooine's Dune. Sure. Whichever, whichever way that goes. Depends I'm just, I'm just saying, that. I'm just saying, you have a Sarlacc pit and Jawas. They're the same place. They're, they're the same place. As soon as, as soon as Tyler said Jawa, or Sarlacc pit after I said Jawas, I was like, holy shit, this is Tatooine. And, you know, I'm... I'm just convinced that that what's up, little dude. All right, well, Tyler's got his hands full. I think we've said everything we need to say. This is this is me getting donated one dollar. This is me saying, "Hey, what's up, buddy?" Well, we're gonna let you feed your son. Do you, and then so, I know you have an yeah. outro prepared here. No, it's all good. Yeah, so if everyone listening to this, you guys enjoyed the podcast, uh, look out for more. Um, it's pretty much this is going to be uploaded to every possible place you can find your, your podcast, wherever you can get it. Uh, please leave us a review if you liked it, a tip, you know, advice, anything like that. I know I have a child sitting here screaming, and I apologize for that. <laughs> I'll try to keep that off next time if I can. Um, no promises. Uh, <laughs> Life happens. Follow then. us. Exactly. Um, follow us on Twitter. Subscribe for notifications. You know, at Three Dudes One Movie Pod. Um, if 